2: Everybody,
1: welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. It is week four, uh, the DFS version, Friday version. I am Scott Jenstead, joined as always by Andrew Laird. Looking forward to breaking down the slate here. If you could uh, please rate and review the podcast, that'd be greatly appreciated. It does go a long way so towards helping the podcast, helping people find the podcast, which are both very good things in our world. Uh, Andrew, we're, we're clicking along here. Week four, how are you this Friday morning?
3: Uh, as I was explaining to you last, or just now, I went to sleep at halftime of the Jets-Broncos game last night, so better than if I had stayed up.
1: Uh, yeah, Brett Ripon tried to bring you guys back in the game, but didn't quite get there.
3: Uh, yeah, I was uh, joking around how the Jets found a way to score 28 points with only one offensive touchdown, which was on, like, a total broken play and a probably a highlight of Sam Darnold's career. And... Um, I think the interesting thing about Sam Darnold is wondering who he will be a backup for next year and whether <laughs> it'll be even at the Jets.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's not a good place. Does Gaze uh, survive the week?
3: No, he does. They actually said... Uh, oh, did they? Yeah, okay. they said he there would definitely not be a in-season ins unless something catastrophic happens. Apparently, this was a decision made before uh, last night's game, which ah. seems odd, but... So um, that,
1: that means they're just fully going for Trevor Lawrence, then?
3: My son... Uh, who is nine asked me this morning in dead serious, um, are the jets tanking for the number one pick? And I had to explain to him that just like, no, they are actually this bad Um, that the number one pick would be just like a benefit of being this bad, but they're not actually trying to be this bad. And he was upset at that answer.
1: Oh, the poor guy. He's 9 in the Jets fan. He's got a long way to go. It's
3: um I mean, I'm 39 and I have a long way. Like it's been my entire <laughs> yeah. life. Like they have one Super Bowl in my life and it was funny they <clears throat> did a little thing on Joe Namath last night cuz they do that for every nationally televised Jets game. They always have to bring it up. I saw that. And uh somebody noted on Twitter I saw that um Cam Newton is the, like the present-day Joe Namath like with the outfits and everything, but um people who are older than me who ap- are old enough to appreciate Joe Namath's playing days specifically mm-hmm. the Super Bowl have a very very different opinion of Namath than I do. Um like statistically he w- wasn't good and so he's kind of in the this like realm because of the ridiculous uh, upset Super Bowl 3 but like Right. The every time they're like, "Well, let's see what Joe Namath thinks," and it's like, I don't care what Joe Namath thinks. I'm like, nobody <laughs> my age cares, and it's like, it's just very odd that like a player who means so much to the franchise uh, and pretty much everyone my age and below not only doesn't care what Joe Namath has to say, but it's almost like we prefer not to know. Um,
1: and, and you know him almost as much as the drunk guy saying he's going to kiss Susie Colbert on the sideline. I mean,
3: that's why he's famous for most people my age and under, like, they were just like, oh, he's that guy from the Super Bowl, and he's never really like there was, there's never been, and I probably feel this way about plenty of ex-players, but like, there's never been a moment where I'm like, I wonder what Joan Namath thinks about this. (laughs) And, uh. I don't know. It's just like every time they bring it up, it's just like, this is the guy. I mean, he's like the, the most famous player in the history of the team that I have cheered for my entire life. And I just had the, the only feeling I have on Joe Namath are negative because I think he's a clown. And um, they, they just constantly bring him up, like asking what he thinks. Right. And the Susie Kolber thing is like, that's what people think of with Joe Namath.
1: So so let's jump into uh, into week
3: 4 <laughs> sorry about that
1: <laughs> no, no, it's, that's a good. I like it. I like it. Like, good, good Joe Namath. Red Stars office is good. Yeah. Uh, I find Week Four uh, utterly fascinating, to be honest. Yeah. with you. But let's uh, let's talk about first of all, who's real quick, who's off the slate. You mentioned the the Jets and Broncos are not uh, not on the slate, which does not really hamper the slate at all. Uh, Philly and San Francisco Sunday night doesn't really hamper the slate either, to be honest. Even though it's my 49ers. Uh, the the one game that does have some uh, some players that we might play is Atlanta and Green Bay play Monday night. It's a pretty good game. Uh, Pittsburgh and Tennessee has obviously been postponed uh, due to the, uh, the the COVID infections on the Titan side. Um, but the biggest thing with this slate, it's it kind of two things for me as I looked at it. One is, and we'll get to it, is the number of gigantic over unders that yeah. we have. Uh, there's seven games over 50. I think we had one or two last week. And to me, it's 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 really interesting. I just think it's a it's a week where the percentages, the ownership percentages, are going to be really spread out because there's so many there's so many different ways to go. Like last week, I got to the point. Where I was like, all right, I'm just going to stack Seattle, Dallas, and then kind of make pieces fit around it. I mean, to go, you know, Wilson and receiver and a receiver coming back, or Wilson and receiver and Zeke, or or Dak and a receiver. And it was like I just kind of got to the point where that was the obvious game to stack. We don't have that this week. We've got. We've got seven games, like I said, there are over fifty. Uh, I'll go through them here real quick, but um, I think percentage is gonna be very, very split up this week at all the positions. There are not, there's no like super obvious free square this week. There's nine hundred different ways you can go at running back and receiver and quarterback. There's like the top seven guys are all out there. It's a, uh, it's a week. It's a week that I think is gonna be really, really spread out and kind of fun.
3: Yeah, I, I, we uh, would refer to this as like a great GPP week. Like there. Yeah. Um, and it's not because it's like obviously when we had the that Dallas Seattle game last week, everyone's like, "Oh, I want that game." And then people who try to play really contrarian would fade that game. And but this one, like you said, with, with just so many points, and it's not even just like like fifty is obviously a very arbitrary number. But like we have other games at forty nine and forty eight, so it's not it's not like it just drops off. And so, uh, and, and I think some of
1: that is Vegas, uh, you know, reacting to the fact there's been a ton of points scored over the the first three weeks, but. Yeah. Some of these matchups, you've got a have really good offense or you really bad defenses. Whatever it is, they they kind of piece together. Where well, you can see, you see a lot of these guys, a lot of these games really get this total maybe going over. And you mentioned last week, you know, people that are fading Seattle, Dallas, but that ended up 38-31. So you know, n- unless you were like you know fading Zeke work because he was not great, but you know all the receivers, the quarterbacks are really huge. Um, one of those weeks where the where the chalk over under game uh, certainly came through in a big way.
3: Yeah, and. I mean it yeah it's just like one of those things where for this week the games that are under 50 should be relatively ignored which um you know obviously gives you some some leverage standpoint but it's like it's one thing to say like oh uh Colts Bears let me stack that game cuz nobody's touching it and I think that'll score more than like um Dallas Cleveland but it's like that needs to score more than than six other games basically like you're not yeah. trying to get leverage over one or two games it's just like so many others where like you said n- there's not going to be like a single or you know two or three stacks that are going to be really popular it's going to be there everything's going to be spread out and so uh you just have to kind of find the right pieces
1: yeah and that's the thing if you want to fade cleveland dallas you have so many choices that are over 50 so let's let's jump in those guys real yeah. quick we've got new orleans at detroit over under 54 arizona carolina 51 and a half Cleveland-Dallas 56, Minnesota-Houston 54.5, Seattle-Miami and 53.5, Seattle New England and Kansas City 53, and Buffalo at the Las Vegas Raiders over under 52 and a 52.5. Um, we've been doing this for a few years now. Uh, I don't remember a week where there were more like three or four 50-point games. Seven is just huge.
3: Just huge. And what it, like You would laugh if I told you a month ago that Buffalo at Las Vegas right. was going to be at 52.5 <laughs> or whatever. We said it was like yeah, that's even, wild. Even
1: Seattle, Miami, like we knew Seattle could score, but 53 and a half. The, the, the hidden fact and all this is you know, Russell Wilson's been so good, but Seattle's defense has been absolutely awful.
3: Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, there are going to be points to be had.
1: And in terms of the low side, there's no games that are under 43. Uh, you mentioned uh, the Chicago game against Indianapolis, that over under is 43. Uh, the chargers at the Buccaneers also over under a 43. Um, but everything else is, uh, you know, there's no like 38 point games this week. Nothing like that. Uh, I think almost every game, you know, probably those two at the 43 are probably kind of out, but almost every other game is in play. Um, it's a fun, uh, it's a fun wild week. It should be, uh, there should be a lot of points scored. It should be some high totals and GPPs for sure.
3: Yeah. It's, um, I, not that it's like an easier, uh, GPP week than cash week, but like cash is, somewhat tough this week only because like a lot of the like I always go back to like my blind stacks and stuff like that and like what guys we'll get into specifically where some of those guys fall this week but um like you said there's no like free square and so it's it it gets a little tougher in that respect just because um obviously you're gonna have people who gravitate towards these other games just because there's so many points and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, this guy is actually really popular in cash just because either the salary fit in and just like, we're going to see, despite so many options, I think obviously we're still going to see some guys in cash games that are higher, higher own, just because they end up there. It's kind of a weird, yeah. uh, weird week that way.
1: I find it, t- I find it pretty tough, but, uh, but fun. So I'm yeah. looking forward to looking forward to going through, let's start with the running backs. Um, Easily the highest guy this week is uh, Alvin Kamara at Detroit, eighty-eight hundred dollars on DraftKings. At FanDuel, it's a little more uh, leveled out. There's like three or four guys that are kind of near uh, near the top, but he's uh, he's clearly far and away the highest priced guy at, uh, at in DraftKings, having a huge season, two touchdowns in each game. Kind of a weird like opposite the way he started last year, where he couldn't score and was you know kind of banged up. Uh, Thirteen catches last week on fourteen targets, one hundred thirty-nine yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he had fifty-eight yards rushing. He has 23 targets in 2 games without Michael Thomas. The other the other kind of highlight of this week is how many receivers are questionable this yeah. week. Michael Thomas is one of those also. I don't think he's going to play, but there are a ton of wide receivers who have a little Q next to them on, on whatever fantasy platform you use. Um, and that's going to be a big story, is, you know, which of these guys play. Obviously, uh, you know, some of those are on uh, Monday night. We've got Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Devontae Adams. So we don't have to worry about those. But there's a ton of receivers that are kind of maybe to play this week. Uh, Aaron Jones Detroit d- destroyed this uh, Detroit defense a couple weeks ago. He had something like uh, 200 and 200. 40 yards uh, overall with a couple of, with three touchdowns. Uh, Kamara, obviously uh, a popular guy been going off. How do you feel about him with the, uh, the fact that he's gonna separate himself price wise,
3: just as we go through all of this stuff, like how spread out things are going to be. And you, there are all these games to choose from. Like everyone's going to have Kamara. Like, I think certainly in cash, I think he's the first one you go to. Um, we kind of look at the other, uh, receivers on the slate, nobody catches passes like, him. I mean, he's basically, I mean, we've said this before. He's a wide receiver who gets like a decent number of carries. Um, he's
1: uh he, if you take out his running stats and just put him a wider he's wide receiver four on the season. That's incredible. That's incredible. It's impossible, but it's, it's wild.
3: Um, I mean, you can obviously like Nick nit pick with him plenty. <laughs> like last week you're playing like the starting running back for somebody and he has six rushing attempts and you're like, Well, I'm not playing a running back for that. But when you're targeted 14 times um, and catch 13 of them and two of them are touchdowns, it's like, I just don't see how, um, I don't see how you go into a build specifically in cash and be like, that's, that's not who I want.
1: How do you feel about the fact that he's a thousand more than Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott?
3: Um, Is that on FanDuel?
1: Uh, DraftKings. I think it's eight eight hundred and seventy eight hundred, right?
3: No, Kamara's only eight thousand.
1: Oh eight thousand. Yeah. I had dollars oh he's eighty eight hundred on FanDuel, my bad. yeah, um, yeah so it, I had I was a little off on, on that far separated then. Do you, uh, you you like Kamara clearly over Zeke then with the with the price difference?
3: Yeah, I think there will be plenty of people who try to get both. Um, because uh, I think there's reason to believe that Zeke can be a little more effective this week um, in presumably a closer game than um, the ones that they've had to just throw a ton in, but, right. um, I think when it comes down to it, like Camara, just the, the, the work in the passing game, specifically if Michael Thomas is out, I mean, if Thomas comes back, which I don't think we're expecting at all. Um, then it change, certainly changes it a little bit, but I, right. I think Camara is still just like so firmly the top one.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I do like Zeke this week. Uh, you mentioned the, the kind of the game script. Uh, you know, should be a better game script playing as, as a favorite against the Browns, uh, but Cleveland's only allowed three point four yards per carry. They've been pretty good. They held Joe Mixon to sixteen carries and forty six yards. Zeke was weird last week. Like that yeah. Dallas offense was extremely efficient and good when he was not involved. Like. His his run his runs were not efficient. He had 12 targets, which he turned to six catches for 24 yards, and kind of dropped a couple of them. Um, their offense, the only time it really kind of fumbled was when they used him and were trying to dump him off, dump the ball off to him. So it was a it was a weird week for Zeke, but you know I think it's one of those things that uh, I mean he's going to figure it out. He's going to get volume if they get ahead. He's going to get a lot of carries in the second half. So uh, I do like him this week. Hard not to go with the, with Kamara instead, but the guy below both of them. Uh, Dalvin Cook, we talked about a lot the first couple weeks. He finally broke out in a big way last week. 22 carries for 181 yards and a touchdown, five targets. This Houston run D has been thrashed. That's who he gets this week. They have allowed 18 runs of uh, 10 plus yards. Uh, James Conner was 18 for a buck 09 against them. The Baltimore running backs had a field day in week two with uh, 21 carries for 176 yards between the three of them. Uh, Clyde Edwards, Allaire had uh, 130 yards week one. Uh, if Minnesota can just stay in this game, which they did a lot better last week against Tennessee, um, Dalvin Cook uh, projects really, really well.
3: This yeah, week. no, I think you nailed everything on that. Um, the only thing you can sort of be hesitant on is that he's not getting, like, every goal line carry, which is odd, but, like, we see Alexander Madison getting a few. I mean, he's getting some. It's not like they're avoiding Dalvin Cook down there, but... Um,
1: I'm impressed you didn't go with Alexander Madison in the Alexander Hamilton theme song. I just I automatically say that automatically. <laughs> it's um, impossible. <clears throat>
3: impossible. Sorry. Um, yeah, but like I don't know he he's not like a heavily targeted wide or excuse me running back. Like maybe just looking at how often the Saints throw to Camara, yeah. it's kind of not that I like expect everybody to get that many targets, but like Cook really doesn't play a big role in that in that part of their offense, which is weird since Thielen's like the only one that they have. Like you'd think that they would want to utilize cook a little more than that, but um, yeah, I mean, the matchup is great. And I think that's one of those where you could play cook and then run back with uh, the Houston uh, passing game pretty easily. Although you have to, I I think you have to wonder if the same thing that you've been wondering all every week with Minnesota is like if they can stay in the game or not, because if they can't, then um, you get weeks one and two of Dalvin cook and not last week.
1: Yeah, although Minnesota was a different offense last week, they they brought uh, Justin Jefferson big yep. time into the offense. He had hit a huge game, and uh, we talked about the first two weeks how they just like they ran no plays, like they were so far behind everybody else. And just in general, plays run uh, seems like they ramped it up a little bit last week. Uh, it'll be interesting, Houston. Um, Houston had a brutal schedule to start the season. They played Kansas city, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I don't know who hates Bill O'Brien in the NFL offices, but like, that's a brutal schedule. So, mm-hmm. you know, you gotta figure that Houston's, their, their eyes are probably lit up seeing seeing Minnesota on the schedule right now, uh, who has struggled to start the year in a big way.
3: Uh, this can be interesting. It is
1: one of those games that could sneakily be uh, one of those ones that, uh, the, the total kind of pops even higher than it is.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, it's in that group that we were talking about. And so, um, I mean, when you look at it, literally any of these games could go to 60 or 65, 70. You know, it's not like um, like they're going to finish where they kind of rank right now. And so, yeah, this could definitely be the highest scoring game of the week.
1: So above 60, I'm going to go above 6,500, let's say. I I think it's a pretty clear drop off uh, between these top three guys we just mentioned, the next guys. We've got uh, Austin Eckler at 7,100, Nick Chubb at 7,000, Josh Jacobs 6,800, Jonathan Taylor 6,600, uh, do any of those guys uh, jump out to you as someone that you're eager to play, considering how close they are to those those top three guys?
3: Yeah, I think just because they're so close, at least from a cash perspective, it's it's tough to do that. I mean, we have talked plenty about how Tampa Bay is much better against the run than they are in the pass, although a lot of what Eckler does is through the air anyway. But if you
1: yeah, and great to see how how active he is with with Herbert compared to that first week with oh, Tyron man,
3: for sure. Um, but still, like you're only get I mean, maybe it's a positive that you don't have to rely so much on. Uh, Eckler's rushing attempts, but ultimately it's a team that's very good against running backs. And um, I'll always have hesitancy on, on Nick Chubb just because of how much they use Kareem Hunt. Um, Jacobs is kind of interesting because it seems like he's their best bet to control that game. Like the more Mm -hmm. touches they give Jacobs, then I can't believe I'm about to say this. It keeps Josh Allen off the field. And so, (laughs) uh, I mean, it makes sense. I think 2020 is a weird year It's a very weird year um so i think he makes more sense than like eckler chubb or even jonathan taylor against the bears like the bears generally are a team i'm not like trying to go after and um it was just kind of weird how little he played against the jets last week that not that i think he's like gonna lose any possibilities but i think the guy just below them might be the best one in the group
1: yeah that's so that, that's my thing why I, I, I cut it off at 6,500 I, I think that uh, I like a lot of guys under 6,500 yeah. that this group uh this group kind of the second tier I guess I'd call it but below cook and above uh above 6,500 uh kind of got lost for me a little bit when I was building my teams I think that uh, I agree with you on Jacobs is probably my favorite one of the group and the Chubb thing's wild like he's been so good yeah. but you're right like you just ha- he's got a score he's got a hit one because because Kareem Hunt's really really good too and um, you know, this is a different game script probably this week. They're going to have to throw – they're going to probably have to throw the ball more than they want to against Dallas to keep up in that game. But, you know, the Dallas defense is really bad. So I, I could see Nick. – you've seen Nick Chubb break a couple. But it's just – it's hard to count on that with this game script and the fact that he does split carries so much.
3: Yeah, I mean Hunt hasn't practiced this week yet. We're taping this Friday morning. So yeah. um, it doesn't sound like they think he's going to miss out. But, I mean – that changes Chubb a little bit for me, but he's still, like, priced yeah, up. Like like I feel it changes, like they...
1: it changes it a bunch for me if he doesn't play because I just think that if, if Chubb were to be involved in the passing game also and, and you lock in 20-something carries, um, I think he becomes a little more interesting. I just think with if a Hunt plays, I, just, I can't do it at 7,000.
3: Yeah, it's just weird because, like, Chubb is priced as if Hunt's not playing. He is, um, yeah, he's high up there. Yeah, like, I I don't know. I For cash, at least, I have no interest in, in like, trying to figure out a split backfield where... There are so many guys, even below this price range, that have pretty clear roles in situations you'd want to take advantage of.
1: So let's jump under six thousand five hundred on DraftKings. Then I uh, probably my favorite running back play of the week is Clyde Edwards-Allaire. I don't know why, Steve, I don't know why Steve Levy would <laughs> just emphasized the E so darn much. It was, it was really weird. Like I get that the H is silent, and I can maybe say it too much, but like he was so emphatic about it, it was really strange.
3: Um, well, it's also like. Just because the H is silent doesn't mean it's a hard E, <laughs>
1: right?
3: Like most of us don't say Hellair; we'll just say like Elair. Right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. He like
1: Lair. it was uh, he was heavy, he was big into it.
3: Well, it was enough where I was like, I don't watch every Chiefs game, but I didn't think I was mispronouncing Elair H- 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 that differently.
1: And obviously, he played for LSU last year, so he was on TV a ton. Also, a ton, it was right. uh, it was the first time I had heard it uh, pronounced uh, quite that emphatically. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I love him this week. Uh, he had 20 carries last week against Baltimore on Monday night. Only 64 yards was not as extremely efficient, but uh, you know he it was a really good sign. He had five catches for 70 yards, which you know if he's going to get the ball in the passing game in that offense, I mean that dump off is just wide open. When they, when you got to guard Kelsey and Hill and Sammy Watkins and McCall Hardman and uh, we don't have to guard Demarcus Robinson, he's not going <laughs> to catch it anyway. But, it's really um, wide open. but four, 14 targets the last two weeks is a really good sign. Uh, you know, playing against New England, I think that uh, historically against New England, Bel- Belichick really tries to shut down Travis Kelsey. We talked about last week; out uh, we didn't like Darren, uh, Darren Waller because the you know Belichick was going to take away their best weapon. He's uh, he's really focused on t- Kelsey when they've played. Um, he he usually, they usually put Stefan Gilmore on Sammy Watkins and then kind of shade coverage towards Tyreek Hill. But there you got to figure that you know the thing Belichick is going to try and do is make it a little bit tougher on Mahomes. If Mahomes gets loose, it's just impossible to stop them. We just saw Monday night. I think that uh, he's going to dare. Kansas City to run the ball. I love I love CEH this week. He's probably my favorite running back paid pay. Price down at 6400
3: Um, Yeah, I think you nailed it. I I, I always, um, like the New England's another one that I just kind of always hesitate going after if I don't have to. They're at home though, like Kansas City's at home. So that I think helps a little bit even without, I guess they do have some fans they there. Do. So. They do.
1: I think they're like, Nineteen thousand, I forget what percentage it was, but yeah. like, it's like it's almost like twenty percent, I think.
3: Right, and so yeah, I mean, I think it, it's certainly one that's like worth considering. um I'm just not sure. Like the Kansas City backfield's always one where like they can romp without without it, and so mm-hmm. um I don't know. There are guys cheaper that I think I'm more interested in.
1: All right, I uh, I love C H this week. going has been one of my one of my big targets for sure. Um, so who do you like up below him? are we are we back on Kenyon Drake this week is this kind of the do or die week for Kenyon Drake at 6000 against uh, Carolina
3: Um
1: that's about how I feel but it's Carolina man they I mean, running backs against Carolina is Right just
3: right um, i it makes sense um, thankfully like it feels like DraftKings is just like tempting us every week cuz like so much so he I mean 16 20 and 18 carries in the three games they're now playing like this um sieve of a rush defense he really isn't involved in the passing game which is a little frustrating only because they pass the ball so much uh i think i would be all over it if it weren't for a number of guys further down the salary scale that i think haven't burned me enough where (laughs) i'm willing to do it um but like we haven't a lot of running backs in this sub 6,500 range that um, could match the guys above them, except maybe you know the three we talked about at the top. Right. That I, don't, I just it seems like uh, if you're going to put yourself into a situation with a running back or multiple running backs that um, either they don't catch many passes or there's like a slightly split backfield. Or maybe it's not an ideal matchup. Uh, if you can do that and pay less than six thousand on DraftKings, why would you do it to pay? Why would you pay sixty eight hundred or seven thousand for those situations where? Because um, we'll get to wide receivers, but there are like so many wide receivers to play this week. Also in like every price range, but yep. the ones at the top seem to be like they're more at the top than there are running backs, and so. Um, That's a long way of saying I really don't want to play Drake this week despite the perfect matchup and the great price.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of lineups this week that have like one of the top three running backs and then two of these guys below six thousand. Yes, 000. absolutely. You can kind of fit. You can kind of fit that around everything else. Um, I am going to be going back to Drake. I think that uh, it's one more week for we for me and just the fact that it's Carolina. They've given up what seven rushing touchdowns and hundred total yards to all three of the running backs they faced. Um, he's just so active in an offense that runs so many plays. I can't see how he can't work at some point, but. Uh, he's burned me so far, you know he's been horrible, but has not been you know good enough for the for the price, even though he's priced down. I think I'm definitely gonna have some Drake this week, but uh, I think it's one more week for me and if he if it's not this week, then I' probably jump off for a while.
3: yeah, I mean, I'm saying that I don't want to get burned by Drake again while saying that Alvin Kamara is like an easy play, and I <laughs> regular listeners of this podcast know our history with Alvin Kamara, so like. It's a, it's tougher for me uh, with that, but just like looking at the next guys in this range, I mean, um, Devin Singletary, like under 6,000, it sounds like um, at least the last I saw that Moss, Zach Moss might come back um, practice. He was limited practice this week, but like, even if he does play, I think it's like a decent situation for, um, for Singletary. We got Joe Mixon against the Jaguars. Um, which is perfectly fine matchup given how much they continue to use him. Joe Burrow does throw quite a bit, but Mixon's now actually getting targeted a little more than, than he had been, but he's obviously the guy who's going to get all the carries. And then um, the guys that I, I'm going to save one guy, but the ones that I can't believe that I, not that I feel like I'm forced to play. Um, one of them is Mike Davis Yep. in that basically playing opposite Drake and uh, he is getting basically all the work that they want to give a running back. Uh, 17 targets in the past two games. I mean, he's basically being targeted like McCaffrey, or even if it's 70% of McCaffrey. Um, McCaffrey was the second tar- most targeted player in the NFL last year. So I, understandably, they're not going to give the ball to Mike Davis that much, but at 5,700 in a game that ch- should have a pretty high pace, like that makes sense. And then the other one who... I, I'm like actually like embarrassed to even say because um, I can't believe I'm actually going to possibly do it is um, David Johnson against that Minnesota defense. That's just been absolutely scorched by running backs. Duke Johnson coming back. Uh, sounds like he's practiced fully this week. Like makes me maybe not want to play Johnson as much. Um, and unfortunately that probably pushes me to Drake. <laughs> But I think David Johnson, just in that offense, that's going to be another one we say every week. Like, in that offense, it should work. It really hasn't worked enough, but he makes a lot of sense this week.
1: Yeah, and we talked about the fact that, you know, Houston had such three difficult matchups. But I just—I don't like the usage with Johnson. I mean, he's got 11, 11, and 13 rushes, but, you know, four, four, and three targets. I just— I would have thought that in some of those games where they were behind or, you know, trying to catch up and, you know, facing good offenses, they would have dumped down to him a lot more, and they didn't. Um, I just haven't seen that offense enough to play him over uh, these other guys in the range that I do like more.
3: That's fair. That's fair. The guy I didn't want to give out yet, but I want to ask you about— is yep. Daryl Henderson.
1: That's that's my other bolded guy. Yeah. I figured he was the guy you were saving. I In this range, uh, I, had, uh, I had Drake bolded. I had Mike Davis bolded. I had Mixon bolded. And then Darrell Henderson also bolded. 5,800 on DraftKings, 6,400 on FanDuel. He has really come on the last couple weeks. Uh, great game script. I mean, the Rams are a huge favorites against the Giants, deservedly so. The Giants are really bad. Um, but Darrell Henderson breaking out the last couple weeks. I mean, 24-114, a touchdown at Buffalo. Ah, uh, twelve for eighty-one and a touchdown at Philly the week before. Uh, New York's given up a lot of combined yards to, to running backs, so kind of like receiving and uh, and rushing. Uh, you know, Jeff Wilson had two touchdowns last week, and Jarek McKinnon had seventy-seven yards and a touchdown. David Montgomery was good the week before that with one hundred twenty-seven total yards and a touchdown. Uh, I, I I probably need Cam Akers not to play, although they yeah. even didn't use him when he was healthy anyway. Uh, Malcolm Brown, you know, same kind of thing. It just seems like Darrell Henderson is, is the guy right now. And all we care about DFS is right now. And this offense is really humming along. Jared Goff is playing exceptionally well, leading the NFL in YPA. I mean, the Giants are going to have to have to defend against that. You got Woods and Cup running around and Tyler Higby. Um, I think Darrell Henderson, like in terms of like game script and flow, um, as long as he's the guy again, just fits perfectly at 5,800.
3: Yeah. Um, I was reading um, Jerry um hidden stat line for the running backs earlier this weekend. He noted basically that, um, Malcolm Brown got like, did most of his work on passing downs, which isn't overly surprising. Like I think people were expecting Henderson to get most of the carries. I mean, Henderson, it was 20 to seven in carries. Henderson was three to two in targets, but Brown actually ran 17 routes versus Henderson's 10. Um, but like Henderson got most of the, like a significant amount of the red zone work, um, he had three straight inside the five carries, which, like, sounds good, but then you realize he didn't score on those carries. <laughs> right, but yeah.
1: You'd prefer one straight inside. Right, the five. exactly,
3: exactly. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it, it in a game they're heavily favored in um, that has, like, a decent— I mean, it, it's funny. Normally we'd be, like, it has a 48-point total. Like, that's pretty good, and now it's, like, the seventh highest on the slate. But— um. I think the Rams,
1: I would say the Rams part of that's probably still pretty darn good. Right.
3: The Rams actually have uh, the, they're tied for the highest implied total on the slate with Dallas. And so if you look at it that way, it makes him look a little bit better, but um, yeah, I think you can make a case that one of Drake, Singletary, Mixon, Henderson, and maybe David Johnson, if we want to be nice, like make a lot of sense in this range. Um, I'd
1: I'd add Mike Davis in that mix, I think too.
3: Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Mike Davis as well.
1: I mean, there, there's there's six very playable, pretty clear options right there. It's going to be hard to pick which ones to use. But under 6,000, I mean, to have those options, it's, it's really good this week.
3: Yeah. And I'll, I mean, I don't think we can completely ignore David Montgomery um, at 5,500 yeah. on DraftKings. Like, I think he's he's worth it in that range, too. So, um, yeah, there's just, there you you have plenty of choices down here that if you don't want to have to take the guys who are at least a thousand more. Like these guys one or two of these guys should certainly perform just as well as those others.
1: Yeah, it's funny. You mentioned all these guys and how many good options there are in this price range. Kinda of makes me not even think about Carlos Hyde, whereas normally I'd think about that if Chris Carson doesn't play and I don't think he's going to fifty three hundred on DraftKings, but um, you know, if Hyde was maybe forty five hundred, I might think about it if Carson was out, but I'm just not totally sure that uh, he'll be the goal line guy, but I'm not totally sure he's not going to split a bunch of carries with Travis Homer. Um, at 5,300, I can pretty much I can pretty much cross Hyde out just because there's so many options really close that I like more.
3: Yeah, I mean, Hyde and Carson have both been limited in practice this week, but like they are somewhat practicing whatever a limited practice actually does. Right. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind a Travis Homer free square this week, though.
1: Yeah, that was going to be my next thing for you, is if Hyde and Carson both didn't play, would you consider Homer at 4,000?
3: I mean, it's easily like, I don't know how you, how you wouldn't, I mean, obviously that offense is built around Russell Wilson throwing the ball, but, uh, they're huge favorites. Funny
1: funny we say that after the last few years. Yeah,
3: seriously. Um, but like huge favorites, um, in a game with a high total, mostly because of them. Uh, and you can get their starting running back for 4,000 on DraftKings. Like, yes, yes, I would play that
1: for sure. And I, but I think it had to be both Carson and Hyde actually. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Both of them have to be out.
1: I think that I you know if Hyde's like oh he's going to play a little I just I don't think I mess with it but if they're both out I actually picked up Homer in a couple season long leagues too cuz they just they said, right, you said a piece of this offense for a really cheap price so you kind of have to go with that. Is there anybody else uh under Hyde at 5300 that uh, you're considering this week or I think that I mean that's everybody I have but I didn't want to see if there's anybody else you you, you possibly liked.
3: Um I mean I, th- I just don't see a reasonable enough case to play guys like Gaskin or Devonte freeman burkhead adrian peterson i mean ronald jones if fournette uh, i think is out so like they're guys but i'm not sure with, with how much value there is even yeah more expensive i just don't see a necessary reason to be down here
1: yeah i think the i think the past game is a little tougher so let's let's jump into that but first a note from our sponsor prediction strike Prediction Strike is a fantasy sports stock market on which you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. Ever heard someone say, I've had stock in that player since day one. Well, now Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. You had stocked in, stock in Patrick Mahomes' rookie year. You knew this is all would happen. Now it's a reality. Create a portfolio of all your favorite athletes and get closer to the game than ever before. To get started, simply visit predictionstrike.com to create an account. Then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would real stocks. Each game is like an earnings report. If the player beats his projection, his stock moves up. It's that easy. You can trade your shares of players at any time, as long as the player is not currently in a game. Get started today by visiting predictionstrike.com and sign up with the code ROTOWIRE to get an additional $10 off your first deposit of $20 or more. So, Andrew, you mentioned earlier at the top uh, how kind of pr- ownership uh, pr- Projections are going to be kind of all over the place. Uh, percentages, I, I should say. Uh, I think that the, the main part of that is quarterback. We've got, you know, usually we've got you know a couple big quarterbacks off the slate. We got a Thursday night big game or a Sunday night big game. We mentioned, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan playing Monday night, but you know you got Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Mahomes, Allen, Prescott, Murray, Newton, Deshaun Watson. All these guys kind of in the same price range, and obviously, you know, uh, you know Lamar is the top, and it kind of trickles down. Uh, there are so many ways to go quarterback this week. So many ways I think that are really kind of really good, too, that I wouldn't have a problem with. Do you have anybody that you're, you're really leaning towards at the top here that uh, you like more than everybody else? Uh,
3: kind of. Uh, okay, who is? Well, it's funny. Last week, um, one of the conversations in the Discord, the subscriber Discord, was about um, Kyler Murray. And it was one of somebody said, Uh, anytime Kyler Murray is under 7,000, like he's an easy play. And I think last week he was 6,800 and was the third most expensive quarterback on the slate. Like I think it was uh, Wilson, Dak, and then Kyler. Yep. Yep. And so I went this week and it was like, oh, he's 7,000. Like now it's a decision. And I'm like, oh, he's the sixth most expensive quarterback (laughs) at 7,000 on DraftKings. And so... It's like, all right, we're gonna have to like really make decisions here, and obviously, they're great matchup. Like, Lamar and Russ have great matchups. Um, but given how much, uh, like, it, I, I'm not sure you need to go all the way up this week. Um, I actually think you should have included Jared Goff on that list. Um, he
1: was, he was on my sheet, but I just, I uh, didn't get to mentioning him. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he has been awesome.
3: Yeah. I think you can make an argument for any of them, which is a really crappy response. Like I probably, um, like if you're going to pay 8,100 for Lamar Jackson, like, I think you're just fine paying 78 for Russ. Um, I don't necessarily think 7,400 for Mahomes in, um, in cash is necessary. Like I feel like Wilson's like close enough that you could just play him. Um, I get Josh Allen, like I, he's going to bankrupt me, but like, I just continue to not play him. Um, Dak makes plenty of sense. Uh, Kyler does obviously, but like, I don't know. It's a, it's a crappy answer. Cause I think like they're all fine. I think Russ is probably the best of the group though.
1: Yeah, I do, too. I I think for me, it's going to be kind of how I build this week. It's going to be, you know, how I stack, which games I want to stack. I'm just going to slide the quarterback in because you mentioned that whatever it is, seven or eight guys, if you want to include golf, like I I could definitely argue for playing any of them kyler's really interesting like he hasn't been super efficient passing the no. ball but they throw it so much i mean they're at 35 attempts or more in all three games he has 13 points per game just from rushing stats i mean just it, the floor that that builds in is just so immense granted you're not going to always get the rushing touchdowns he has one every week but you know whenever they get inside the 30 like he's clearly uh, looking to get loose and he, he tucks it down pretty quickly and you know, has used has used is using the sliding stuff to help him like, you know, you could tell the defenders are a little worried to hit him because he slides so quickly. They don't get penalties. And then he just kind of runs right by him too. Carolina has been uh, has been better against uh, or better against the pass usually than the run. We mentioned the seven rushing touchdowns, but I mean, they have 28 point 28 implied points themselves in a high paced game. It's hard not to see Murray getting really, uh, you know, really involved in anything, unless unless Kenyon Drake, you know, kind of has three rushing touchdowns or something like
3: that. Well, I'm saying that like the rushing touchdowns apply to Kyler just as much. They, like, they,
1: so. they do, yeah.
3: Yeah, I think. I mean, yeah, I think they all. It's
1: weird, like they don't throw the ball deep at all. Like it's just a lot no. of quick stuff, but they just run so many damn plays.
3: Yeah, yeah, and that's and it's very different than everyone else. And like the we obviously got used to Lamar Jackson with his uh, rushing floor, um, which was a little. It's funny we we were like complaining through the first two weeks. Cause we we're like, Oh, he's 45 and 54 rushing yards in the first two games. And it's like, that's excellent for most quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, and and like, he
1: was, he was bad on Monday night, but did have 80 something, 83. Yeah. Rushing 80 yards. Rushing he had yards 90, yeah. 97 passing yards. He looked terrible. Terrible. The ball Oof, on Monday. Yeah. I just wonder how much they're going to come out just pissed off and just kill Washington too. I maybe mean, have a 30 point implied total. Um, you know, you wonder how much they're going to risk him in the second half, but if they're, if they're way up in the game, it, it might've been just cause Lamar Jackson went absolutely bizarre in the first half
3: too. Yeah, no, I think, um, I think he makes a ton of sense and the, he makes a ton of sense always. It's kind of like a one-off in GPP, but like this week, particularly, like usually you don't necessarily have to stack him because he can, you know, if he spreads the ball around enough that, and then he's the one who scores the touchdowns, you don't benefit yep. from that stack. So, um, He may be, like, not as popular because people want to play, like, Russ and DK and Lockett like they did last week or Mahomes and Hill. I um, think so, too. I think think the stacking
1: stacking is a really good point. I think that there's so many ways to, like, get fun stacks with the other guys that you you wonder if that's uh, that's, that's the case.
3: Yeah, I wonder if fewer people will stack this week because so many games... Like, obviously, you stack because you want the correlation. But if there's so many games that are scoring points, then the correlation doesn't necessarily apply not that it doesn't apply, but like you don't benefit from it as much because if everybody's scoring points then you're you know you're not getting the correlation that other people aren't.
1: Yeah, and like last week with that Dallas Seattle game you had the correlation and you had the fact that it was the highest total game and it just kind of made sense to get as many pieces of that game as you could.
3: Right, exactly. Yeah.
1: Uh we you mentioned Russell Wilson, 70 Henry on DraftKings, they are at Miami um, you know, the pass attempts are, have been the key there. He's 35, 28, and 40 in the three games. Uh, four, five, and five passing touchdowns is pretty bonkers. He has 14 passing touchdowns in the first three weeks. I think that's the highest ever. Uh, Brady was close that one year where he broke the record. and Peyton obviously had it crazy, but I think he's the highest – for the first two weeks and the sneaky part of why he's been so good is their their defense is terrible they're giving up an average of like 485 yards uh, to the other team per week they have two games they've been up over 500 yards um you know grant some of that is the fact that teams are trying to catch up against them and throwing a lot but still their defense has been really bad miami's giving up uh, 8.8 yards per attempt uh, so far to quarterbacks i mean i guess the only question is if they get up too much do they stop throwing and hand the ball off a lot but I mean, Josh Allen had 417 yards and four touchdowns against Miami. Also, it's uh, it's really hard to make any argument against Russell Wilson right now with with how how much this offense is firing.
3: Yeah, and I mean the the argument is that you hope that enough people look at that and are like, all right, well, I, I'll just try to get that from Mahomes or Josh Allen. Right. But
1: I mean, yeah, you, you see you see Patrick Mahomes at, at cheaper, and the, the name just jumps out to you. Do you think that uh, you think New England can slow them down at all?
3: Uh, I mean. For twenty years of seeing New England be like the best <laughs> team in the division, I follow. Like sure, sure.
1: Then again, we, we were a little bit worried that uh, you know, baby Baltimore would do something to that offense. And Mahomes went for three eighty five and four touchdowns, right. and, and also ran for one. I think that that offense can get loose against anybody. Um, Russell Wilson had five touchdowns on New England in Week Two. Um, do you think that Mahomes is a, a lower percent that we're normally used to seeing? Just of the fact that there's just so many guys around him. I wonder if he's an interesting, you know, if you can get Patrick Mahomes at you know nine percent or something like that because there's so many other options. It's uh, it's certainly interesting, interesting way to go.
3: I think it'll he'll definitely be um, like less popular than he should be when he's a seventy four hundred.
2: Right.
1: I mean, I don't think any quarterback's over fifteen percent this week.
3: Uh, Russ is the only one I would think. Okay. could could get there and that's not to say a- he will get a- there
1: in cash i think in gbp is still under 15 percent. with how many ways you can go um you mentioned Dak. um he's obviously been really good as they've had to like catch up in games both uh, last week against seattle and the week before against the, in the crazy atlanta comeback uh 450 and 472 yards passing in the last couple weeks and he's also he's also run the ball pretty well too um they've had seven snaps all year with the lead for the cowboys which is a, a stat i thought was pretty nuts
3: that's wild. Yeah. Um, the,
1: Jet, the Jets were at zero until, uh, until last night. They got some snaps with the lead last night. So mm-hmm. I think they may have passed. They may have passed Dallas. I think they had. They might have had more than seven last night. Yay.
3: Um, Although oh,
1: I was quite close because they didn't have to lead for very long. Not very
3: long. Yeah. Um, yeah but I a
1: mean, different game script for Dak, Dak this week right. what I was going to they are, They're favored against Cleveland. Cleveland's allowed multiple passing touchdowns each game, even a Dwayne Haskins, believe it or not. That actually happened. That was a real thing. <laughs> um it's just uh, I don't know, Dak. It, it's just not the not the game trip we had the last couple of weeks. So I'm a little hesitant to go all in with Dak again like I did it did last week and the week before. Um, it's hard for me to play Dak over Kyler and, and Mahomes in the same range this week.
3: Yeah, that, that's kind of how I feel. Um, especially because they have Zeke, like they can just run Zeke yeah. to the ground if they want. Whereas obviously Seattle had no interest in, in running. <laughs> they Chris have Travis. They have Travis Homer. Right. Right. Hopefully. But yeah. So uh,
1: let's get a, let's get a little cheaper. We've got uh, we've got Cam at sixty four hundred. We mentioned Deshaun Watson at 6,600. You mentioned Jared Goff at sixty seven hundred, uh, above six thousand. We also have Joe Burrow, who's been throwing the ball a lot against Jacksonville, but sixty three hundred. Uh, you know, maybe he's a little bit too close to the other guys to, to play this week, but does have over three hundred yards the last couple of weeks. Uh, below seven thousand, below Kyler, and these guys really jump out to you. as Someone that you're you're gonna be aggressively playing.
3: Yeah. Well, Burrow. Uh, before I saw the price, like jumped out and was like, "Oh, I, yeah, if I can get Burrow for fifty eight hundred on DraftKings, like that, that could be a pretty good sal- salary saver." Um, but like when he's three hundred less than Deshaun Watson against the Vikings, um, that's really tough to to make the the case for Burrow. Um, Goff is kind of a tricky one. It seems like there's no way to like figure out when he's going to have a great game, uh, and so.
1: What, just when they're, when they're down 28-3 to three to Buffalo, it's time to put them in? Right,
3: that's when, right. And so that's probably not going to be the case at home exactly. against the Giants. So um, I think the wildest thing to see was Drew Brees at 5,800 against Detroit.
1: Yeah, like he, I kept scrolling down. I'm like, oh, I wonder where Brees is. Is he off the slate? And I'm like, oh, there he is. It's but- like,
3: that's wild. like he is the same price. Uh, or He's like cheaper than Minshew. He's cheaper than Stafford in the same game. Like when... Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, he's, it's deserved, but it's still crazy yeah, to see. No,
1: no Michael Thomas, but he still had 288 yards and three touchdowns against Green Bay last week. Also, you know, that's a game they were trying to score in. So he is cheap. Are you thinking about using him?
3: Uh, no.
1: Yeah, no. me either. I kept, I kept looking. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I just don't love, I mean, if I'm going to get that Saints game, you want some Khmer and it's hard to go both, even though, you know, Kamara does catch a ton of passes. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, I, that, may look, that may look silly uh, looking back at, you know, words we're, we're talking next week, to not take Breeze under 6,000, but I don't think I'm doing it.
3: Yeah, I think, um, like, Breeze didn't, like, pop out that much on, like, I did the, uh, instead of blind stacks this week, I just did blind quarterbacks, where I went to the uh, DVP page on Rotowire, and I basically just, like, downloaded the all of the DraftKings points allowed, uh, to quarterbacks, and then instead of the because we usually list the opposing quarterback that week, instead of that, I just put in the price, like okay. the DraftKings price, and like Breeze just wasn't high enough on the list. And obviously, we've played three games, so it's not like we need to go that crazy about it. But there are cheaper guys with like fantastic matchups. I mean, we have I got um, I got
1: I got one bolded and highlighted on my list. Yeah, my, my and yeah.
3: so. I'll, I'll start with Baker Mayfield, at least, because that's not the one. I, I, like, I'm not going to play Baker either. But part of, the, of Dak having such a huge season is that the Cowboys are giving up like a ton of points to quarterbacks. And obviously, they've played some very good ones, uh, including Russ. But like nine passing touchdowns um, that the Cowboys have given up, which is the, tied for the most in the league.
1: Yeah, and that's um, just in the last two weeks too. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so they gave, they gave none the first week to golf, and then it's just but, been boom since then.
3: Right, and so now you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. Uh, maybe I shouldn't play golf, but I mean, the guy that it's like ridiculous to think of this, but like facing the team that has allowed the most passing yards and the second most fantasy points to the position, the most of the Falcons who aren't on this slate. So like, no team has allowed more points to quarterbacks on DraftKings this season than the team that a $5,400 starting quarterback is playing.
1: It's bolded and in red on my sheet. Like,
3: how do you not play Ryan Fitzpatrick this week?
1: Seattle has allowed, uh, what, 472 and three touchdowns last week to Dak, 397 a touchdown to Cam the week before, and then week one was 450 and two touchdowns to Matt Ryan if you're gonna if you're gonna drop down at all, if you're not gonna play one of the seven thousand guys, I, I think it's got to be Fitzpatrick at fifty four hundred. They priced him so far down. Like Fanduel, he's seventy one hundred. He's kind of like close to Burrow, close to Goff, uh, fairly close to Sean Watson. So I don't see it there, but fifty four hundred. Uh, if you want to build this way, uh, you know it's it's hard not to. It's hard to argue against Fitzpatrick. I mean, I no, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. I actually love one of his receivers this week too. But probably my probably my favorite receiver player this week. But great game script, great matchup. They're going to have to score to stay in this game. Uh, yeah, it's hard for me to argue against him at fifty four hundred.
3: Like you said, man, twenty twenty is a weird year. I mean, it
1: really, it really is.
3: He he had three twenty eight and two touchdowns against Buffalo. Who yep. the Buffalo pass defense in terms of this like. Uh, fantasy points allowed, which again, like you need to go deeper in your research that, but like, that's a nice way to start. Like Buffalo has actually been pretty awful as well. Like I think, uh, yeah, six most, most in the league and they're playing yeah, Derek he was, Carr.
1: He was 18 to 20 last week. I mean, yeah. it's not like Fitz, I mean, you didn't throw for a lot of yards because they didn't need to against Jacksonville. They were winning that game, but 18 to 20 is really efficient.
3: 38 rushing yards. Oh, He's my, basically Kyler. Step. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Basically. Yeah. Um,
3: I mean, it's, I, I think he makes a lot more sense than everyone else in this range. Like if you're going to pay for, down, for like sure, you're sure. looking at you, you if you want to make the argument that Baker Mayfield can do it at Dallas at 5,800, like that's fine. I, I'm not going to do that.
2: That's possible,
1: but that's just a team that wants to run the ball. And I just, I, I don't think I want to touch the fact that if it's going well for them, it's because they're, they, they're running the ball and they're going to do that. But yeah, I mean, they could get behind and, and Baker's got to chuck it. But
3: uh, yeah, but like when you look, Nick Foles against Indianapolis, Bridgewater against the Cardinals, Cousins against Houston, Rivers against the Bears. Um,
1: like I didn't even, I didn't even note those guys as playable. Right.
3: I yeah. I mean, you got Daniel Jones, Theoretically should be throwing a lot against the Rams, but like that probably helps the Rams more than than the Giants. <laughs>
1: True. Fitz then, is so much better play than any of those guys. Than any of them, yeah. If, if you're gonna go down if you're gonna go below Burrow, I think Fitz is literally the only option that I would consider.
3: Yeah, I think what you really need to do, as outrageous as it sounds, is you you have to find the two V two or the three V three where it's what do I get with Fitzpatrick and most likely the two wide receivers, or if you want to pay up a tight end, like those who are those guys better than, you know, Russ and the the cheaper guys. And, and there are cheaper wide receivers to play. Like, absolutely. But man, is it easy to get the higher priced wide receivers when you play a $5,300, or $5,400 quarterback.
1: Yeah, there is no doubt there. It's uh, it's going to be really interesting. What do you think, uh, like in, a, in the big GPPs, if you had to guess, what do you think uh, Fitzpatrick's ownership percentage is?
3: Um,
1: I have a number in my head. I want to know how close we are.
3: Yeah, I mean, we obviously, um, we're talking about how there are plenty of guys to play, so I don't think it's going to be that high. Um, yeah, me either. Like, maybe 5%? Yeah,
1: I was going to say 7%, so yeah. either way, I think it's, uh, I mean, I think, You look over seven thousand. There's like we said before, whatever it was, eight, seven, eight guys to play that are really like you could look at and be like, oh, this is an easy play. I I love this one. Like I just don't think there's gonna be some people that play fifth. The 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 matchup is really good, but it's a week where there's so many other options that I don't think he gets. I don't think he's high percentage at all.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think.
1: And quarterbacks never really are anyway. But you know, I think it's even less so in this slate.
3: Yeah, (laughs) it's funny to just be like, well, you got to do it if you can get. (laughs) Get a low on Ryan Fitzpatrick, but um,
1: hey, that's uh, why it's DFS week by week. Uh, you know, next week is probably uh, I don't know who they're playing, but you know, probably someone we cross off right away. But um, I don't know, it's really interesting. It, if I, if I drop down under seven thousand, it's going to be the defense.
3: Yeah, it's uh,
1: I'm going to go all the way down. I guess I the, down, was yeah. Saying, yeah.
3: the the only other guy I wanted to bring up because we didn't mention him at all, and I didn't really consider him at all, and I'm still not. Um, do you think Cam Newton is like 1%? Uh,
1: I, yeah, I mean, he kind of has to be with all the other options, but, and it's a good game script. I mean, they should have to throw the ball. Uh, you know, his good game his really good passing game was the, the week they had to play against Seattle and throw the ball a bunch. And, you know, they should be, uh, you know, having to score against Kansas city to keep state, keep it in there. But I don't know. I watched Casey bottle up Lamar Jackson last week and they've only got three touchdowns on the year. Uh, not the play I went to, but. There's probably a lot of people who watch the Monday Night Game are going to cross Cam off, which is you know usually a good way to go in GPPs.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I don't—I'm not going to, like, come back next week and just be like, man, I regret not playing Cam, but, like—
1: I'd, I'd play Deshaun Watson for $200 more, yeah. so it's going to be hard for me to get to Cam when there's someone I like more right next to him. Right next
3: to him, yeah. That makes sense.
1: And Watson, I mean, Watson's weird. Like his weapons are different. He doesn't have Deshaun, Deshaun or DeAndre Hopkins. Sorry. Yeah. Um, only five total touchdowns through three games. Hasn't topped 300 yards yet. But, you know, we mentioned Kansas City, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Like that's, that's like the It might be the three, the five best teams, in the NFL. They played them all in the first three weeks.
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, it or schedule wise. It certainly helps their case.
1: And Minnesota's obviously been, you know, thrashed by Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they played a little bit better the last couple of weeks, but they give three hundred twenty-one yards to Ryan Tannehill. So, you know, it's not like they're, you know, suddenly playing well. But um, yeah, I'd go Watson over Cam if I had to this week. Yeah. So let's talk about the guys catching the passes. Like I mentioned before, there's a ton of injuries. A lot of the top guys are injured. Luckily, some of those are on Monday night. Uh, the top priced guy is DeAndre Hopkins at, at Carolina, but he hasn't practiced Wednesday or Thursday. We're recording this uh, pretty early Friday morning, so he's not practiced the last couple days. But 14, 8, and 10 catches so far, extremely active in offense that runs a ton of plays. Uh, Keenan Allen went nuts on Carolina last week. Uh, Mike Evans was really good the week before that. Um, if Hopkins practices today and looks to be good to go, are you willing to pay up? Uh, he's, a, he's a pretty significantly high, significant price compared to everybody else.
3: Yeah. I, that price is like a little too much for me. Like, yeah, me um, too. Like 900 more. He's basically 1,500 more than the next highest price guy. Um, that's
1: we, that's what I had too. My next guy that I considered was 7,000.
3: Right. Like, well, I mean, if, if we assume Michael Thomas is not playing, then it literally on draft is right. 8,500 Hopkins, 7,000 lock it. And yeah. Um, that's that's an easy, easy move to save some money, but uh, is I feel like we really didn't talk enough about Lockett and Metcalf instead of Lockett or Metcalf, and
1: yeah, right, and, and it could have been even bigger if Metcalf hadn't you know gone Leon led at the end zone,
3: right, and so we don't get that often, like the the Godwin Evans thing, like we there's just no history of the two of them playing well in the same game but like and it's very short obviously with Lockett and Metcalf but like they're like the only guys who catch passes and they're throwing the ball a ton and it's obviously a very expensive stack this week because they're playing Miami but um, like how do you it's almost like the the way to decide which one to take is just to play both of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue against that. I mean, I uh, Lockett's more of the, you know, probably more catches, and DK is probably the the bigger play guy. But he always gets a couple of shots every game. I mean, Lockett had three touchdowns in the first half last week, Mm -hmm. and obviously he he has eight plus targets in each game. Stephon Diggs had a huge game against Miami uh, in Week Two, so uh, I guess the argument would be that there's so many wide receivers in this range that I would like to get a piece of. That maybe it's hard to play both of them, but. Yeah, I mean, it, maybe it depends if Byron Jones is going to play for Miami, and he's their best uh, their best DB. So maybe that impacts a little bit. But
3: I was say, does not really, though?
1: Like, yeah, I mean, it might not. But it, it's hard to get away from the Seattle offense. I mean, if they're going to throw the ball that many times, um, they can certainly do enough to feed these two guys, especially when there's no real third option.
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's the most expensive stack. Yeah,
1: and so. there there's so many receivers in kind of the I guess we could maybe sixty two hundred to seven thousand range. I mean, all big names. Uh, I'm having trouble this week figuring out which of these guys I like. One of the guys that jumps out to me is Keenan Allen against Tampa Bay. He was huge last week. He had 19 targets. Super active with Justin Herbert, at quarterback, 29 targets in two games. Where he, The first game against Tyrod, he was really kind of not involved. Um, but the game worked out really well for them last yeah. week. They were trailing Carolina. We didn't really think that was going to happen. They lost the game. A lot of survivor pools, uh, uh, people lost in that game. Uh, do you have anybody that jumps out between 61 and 70? I mean, we, we talked about uh, Metcalf and Lockett a little bit. Is there anybody else in this range that you're like – I got to play this guy over the other guys here.
3: What was the range? What was the bottom of the range?
1: Yeah. Like six, let's go 6,000. Let Let's make it easy. 6,000 to 7,000.
3: I went right to Robert Woods. Um, I just think the, the fact that they get him the ball out of the backfield kind of makes up for the fact that he's not so heavily targeted a lot. Like that makes me want him over cup at least. Um, And like cup was like an easy cash play. I guess it was two seasons ago now, but uh, it seems like there are, finally coming around playing that horrific giants team. And, um, you know, we talked about how Henderson's probably the running back there, but like they, they just prefer to pass the ball. It's just the way they play. And so, uh, cup like jumped out at, or excuse me, woods jumped out at me and he's like cheaper than most of these guys, like at 6,300. Yeah. There are plenty of guys above him. Um, I mean, obviously the like Metcalf and Lockett are, are the ones you probably want, but, um, I don't know. I, I liked, I liked woods, uh, the most out of this group which seems nuts because it's like you got alan robinson amari cooper uh, stefan diggs um thielen i wish like thielen i think makes sense because we kind of expect the texans to come out and put points on the board and uh, minnesota's gonna have to throw but um like 21 targets in three games really isn't all that exciting and-
1: like one good quarter in 12, like right? a huge quarter against green Bay where they're catching up and he was really, really good in that quarter. Like he's been really quiet aside from that. And Justin Jefferson broke out last week and that's probably a good thing long-term for Thielen to get some attention off him. But, um, I don't know. I think that Minnesota is going to want to have the ball in Dalvin Cook's hands a lot too. I think there's a trailing Houston that works well. It was kind of a back and forth game, uh, I don't know. I just, I didn't like Thielen as much as, uh, say, Allen Robinson right above him. Yep. Uh, who I think benefits from the quarterback change pretty good.
3: Yeah. Uh, Robinson is like, I mean, we talk about him every week that, like, we yeah, he's love it. So damn good. It wasn't yeah. true.
1: Find, it was nice to see him finally have a big game. Finally.
3: Yeah. Um, where does he stand in this group for you? Like, do you prioritize Allen Robinson?
1: I don't know. Prioritize might be a little bit strong, but yeah, he's right up there for me. Like, I would, I would definitely take him over Thielen. Um, i take him over cup at the same uh, same price uh I, I like alan robinson a lot me 13 targets last week he was uh he had, he had his touchdown after nick Foles came in 54 right. yards with nick Foles. um it lines up as a close game at not super high scoring obviously we talked about how it's one you know, on the lower end of the the total so maybe that uh takes me away from him a little bit compared to some of these other guys but yeah he's uh, he's he's right up there for me He's definitely someone i'm strongly considering this week okay what about, you mentioned Stefan Diggs, $6,800 on DraftKings, $7,000 on FanDuel. Um, only six targets last week. Tough matchup against the Rams, but still found a way to get it done uh, get against Jalen Ramsey, 449 a touchdown. Targets uh, before that were 9 and 13. Uh, Vegas has been pretty good against uh, receivers, but not someone that I'm really scared about. Robbie Anderson over, had over 100 yards against them, but that's the only one. But um, where do you fall with Stefan Diggs right now with, with Josh Allen throwing the ball all over the yard?
3: I think he's like a good play. I just... Like, how do you say he's better than Metcalf? Like, they're the uh, same price on DraftKings. Um, and
1: like, you're getting in a situation where you know, Buffalo's just spreading the ball a little bit more than Seattle does. I, it's, it's hard to that, – that is the thing. Any of these guys, it's hard to like – you're like, oh, what about Metcalf or, or Lockett? It's just it's, – it's hard to get away from those guys. But I want to ask you about Mike Evans. Oh, the weirdest season ever so far. Uh, week one, he was one catch for two yards and a touchdown. Uh, and then he was seven for one oh four in touchdown without Chris Godwin, which matters because Godwin's not playing this week. And then last week he was two catches for two yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> it is the, the like he had the touchdowns to save week one and week three, but like the weird like he suddenly has become Jimmy Graham or something. Like it's the weirdest thing. um but but week two is that what matters and and Godwin was out. Evans was really active. Um, going against the Chargers, who are, uh, you know, a pass defense, that usually we like to avoid, um, only Tyreek Hill was really good against them, and he he, he had that one big play down the sideline right. in that game. Uh, 6400 is a, a pretty good price for Evans with all the touchdowns, but I don't know. I, I have I have trouble figuring out what the heck they're doing in, in Tampa with with the Mike Evans usage.
3: It's really strange. Um, it's like they, just when we were, like, comfortable with the Godwin, you know, we're like, well, it's easy. The Godwin-Evans thing is easy because one of them is out. Um, that this just not like enough usage for me. Um, yeah,
1: and, and week one, I get it. Like he was banged up and barely played, but like, how does he get two targets last week?
3: Yeah. I don't, I mean, he's basically a tight end at this point, right? Like, <laughs> like,
1: but, but then he has the seven one Oh four in the first week or the, in the other week without Godwin. You're like, Oh, maybe I just, I kind of went back and forth on him like four times and I haven't figured out exactly if I'm going to use him or not yet.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean of that one Oh four 50 was one play. Yeah. And so it's like six for 54 otherwise. And obviously it's easy to do that. I mean, he's a big play receiver. So taking out a big play is a little dumb, but um, for cash, it's like, I don't, I don't need to play that. I really don't uh, having to rely on Tom Brady to like make plays against a very good pass rush. Um, yeah. There are other guys above and below who I would rather play.
1: So last guy in this range I want to mention before we move a little cheaper. Uh, We we mentioned all these guys. We haven't mentioned C700 in a really good pass offense. Amari
3: Cooper. Yeah. uh,
1: 80 plus yards in all three games, 14, nine and 12 targets. Uh, Cleveland has given up 80 yards to Terry McLaurin, 70 to Tyler Boyd, 101 to Marquise Brown. Um, you know, it, it, as much as they spread it around in Dallas, and you know, we saw Cedric Wilson kind of jump into Ceedee Lamb's slot uh, slot spot when when Lamb got hurt and could blow for a couple plays, but um, Cooper's the guy that always gets some volume in this offense.
3: Do you think he's becoming a little Julio Jones ish because he can't with, the, score with the lack
1: the lack of touchdowns and yeah. a lot of targets? Yeah, maybe. But like, if you're gonna give me that kind of floor with a guy who does have big play potential too, like it's a pretty enticing mix.
3: But like if the big play only happens once or twice a year. <laughs>
1: and they, the other thing you argue there is that, you know, in that offense, Michael Gallup might be the guy that when they do hit big splash face might be the guy. I think Michael Gallup's going to, we'll talk about him a little bit later, but he's going to be, he's going to kind of be that boomer bus guy or Mary, maybe Amari is more the possession guy that they use, uh, you know, to get first downs and that kind of thing. And, and don't hit the big play with.
3: Yeah. I think it, it's going to be every week where um, you just like, if I can get, like Cooper is obviously the best part of that passing game. But like, if you can get cheaper with either Gallup or even CD lamb, uh, assuming he's like normally playing um, it makes it easier to just be like, Oh, I just won't play Amari Cooper. And you're just going to have to make up the 14 points elsewhere.
1: So we mentioned all these guys, uh, someone in the same range who has scored in all three weeks, has five catches in each game. And obviously he's probably the best big play guy at the wide receiver position in football. Uh, Tyreek Hill, sixty nine hundred dollars against the Patriots. Uh, any love there?
3: No. Like literally, uh, like the all of the guys around him. I think I'd rather play. Certainly in cash, like which makes him a, a very usable uh, GPP play. Certainly, like I wouldn't like if you're playing Mahomes, you may as well throw in Hill as right. well. But um, I mean, yeah, uh, I'll overlook him this week and let others. Yeah, I think benefits, I think yeah.
1: GPP over cash is definitely the perfect way to say it. There, it's something that I'm probably gonna sprinkle in a couple of GPP lineups just because the you know the potential is always there, and he had, he has got a, a decent amount of floor with the five catching each week. They're using him uh, using him pretty uh, pretty well in New England. In the past, has gone Stefan Gilmore on Sammy Watkins, yeah. so maybe that uh, you know the thought that they, they take away Watkins and and Kelsey and kind of you know do what they can with Hill uh, might be interesting. But let's jump under under six thousand. There are two guys in this range that I love this. week week. Uh, but I'm gonna let you go first. There's two guys I have bolded and pretty bright on my list. Uh, under 6,000 who, uh, who are you really interested in this week?
3: Well, that's funny. I, I wasn't done with the 6,000s. Oh,
1: go for it. Who else you got then?
3: Well, I wanted to talk about Tyler Boyd. Yeah. sixty one hundred. Um, like we talked about how much we liked Burrow in this spot. Uh, Boyd had 10 catches on 13 targets for 125 last week, scored a touchdown the week before seems to be the Bengals guy, right? I mean, A.J. Green's not really... I think
1: he's I think he's becoming that over the three weeks, which is really good to see. I think it's. it was A.J. Green to start, and it's very clear that Boyd's a better player right
3: now. Right, right. Like, the balls that go to Boyd actually end up in his hands as opposed to Green, who it's like 12 targets with three catches, but...
1: It's kind of sad. I hope it's an early season thing. Maybe he hasn't gotten going, but A.J. Green just looks like a different human being right now. It's, yeah. it's, it kind of sucks, because he was, I mean, he was awesome. He was school. awesome,
3: yeah. Um, so I think he's fine. We obviously talked about uh, Woods before. The other one that... I gave like a long, hard look to was Kenny Galladay um, scored t- a touchdown last week, six of seven on the targets. Like that game could be a shootout. Um, it's yep. certainly uh, one of the higher ones. Is it the second highest, third highest somewhere around there?
1: It's uh, I think it second was yeah, 54 um, 54. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's the team that is as crazy. As it sounds there's a, that's the team with the quarterback you trust more. Um, <laughs> why not Galladay?
1: Uh, yeah, I actually had him, I, I had him right in that range because it's, it's exactly 6,000. Um, yeah, I mean, he looked, uh, first game back, was a little hesitant to play him, but he, he looked good. He had, he had a touchdown scored in that game. Uh, I guess my only concern is he probably sees a lot of Marcus Lattimore, and that's one of the few cornerbacks which I do worry about a little bit. But Alan Lazard had a big game against New, or New Orleans last week. So, yeah, I can see Gallaudet. I mean, I think he's a, such a talented guy that you're getting a price discount uh, uh, among these other top receivers. I think that uh, I think he's very playable in a game, like you said, that could go back and forth.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: So uh, can I go under six Sorry, now, now we can go under 6,000. Uh, awesome. Now we good. And we mentioned Michael Gallup. He's over six. I just, I think he's a little too boomer bust for me at 6,200. I think there's other guys in that range I prefer to play. I think that I love Michael Gallup, but in this offense, I, I want him to be a little cheaper when I do play him.
3: Yeah. Um, you prefaced uh, a Miami receiver that you loved. Is it Devontae Parker?
1: It is Devontae okay. Parker. It's probably my favorite. I think I said my favorite, but I think it's my favorite receiver play. There's two guys in this range that are my two favorites. I know who the
3: other one is also.
1: Of course you do. Yeah. Um, Parker looks finally healthy. He played 66 and 56 snaps the last couple weeks. He, he was not fully ready to go that first week. We mentioned everything about Seattle, but just to, to kind of go back to the Seattle pass defense, they've allowed 80-plus yards to three different receivers last week, 70-plus yards to three receivers the week before, and 100-plus yards to three receivers in week one. I mean, receivers are absolutely eating against this defense, and I like Preston Williams, too, this week. Uh, you know, he's cheaper. He's 4,500. is probably my favorite cheaper play, but I wouldn't play both of them, I don't think, but uh, I love Parker this week. He's a really, he's a, he's a great receiver when he's healthy. I mean, this is the second half of last year. He might've been, you know, a top five receiver in the NFL. I think he probably was fantasy points wise. Uh, he's been quiet. This is a great matchup, a great game script. Um, he has 17 targets already. He hasn't top 70 yards. I like the fact that he hasn't quite blown up in a game yet. Maybe that keeps him under the radar, but probably not at the price when, when everybody's going to be talking about the Seattle defense. But I think there's so many receivers kind of in that 6,000 to 6,800 range. And maybe he goes overlooked a little bit. Uh, I love Devontae Parker this week. Uh, probably my, my, my first receiver in every lineup.
3: Uh, yeah. I mean, everything kind of, uh, points right to him. The, I believe he was an upgrade in this week's, uh, start sit, Exploding the Matchups article kind of for everything, every reason that you said. Um, it's just we're uh, in the situations that you want in terms of opponents, and he's getting enough of the targets. And, yeah, he hasn't really exploded yet, which um, he's not really a receiver who's going to, like, score three touchdowns usually. He's more of a—
1: Oh, he might this week.
3: Oh, look at you.
1: Ah, uh, maybe not. Let's go, let's go, uh, let's go like 110 yards and two touchdowns. There we go. Okay.
3: Yeah. a Nice, realistic. Make,
1: uh, make it a little uh, realistic, an easy, easy line to get to. Right.
3: <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah. He, I mean, obviously everything we talk about with the Miami receivers is just going to make me think that Ryan Fitzpatrick at 5,400 is a silly price, but. It um, is.
1: But if, if you want to get one of the better quarterbacks, I think the way to get a piece of this offense in this game too, is to go Devontae Parker at 5,700. If you go. If you go at any sort of Seattle stack you mentioned earlier, maybe playing both receivers or even one, uh, I would definitely come Devontae Parker on the way back to him.
3: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great one. Uh, because the if, other...
1: if Seattle's going to pass enough, it's going to have to be because Miami's going to score some too. So right, uh, I right. Think, I that's think a good point. Really well.
3: Good point. Sorry, go ahead. Um, the other guy that you are going to talk about um, yep. is one that was like a quick, like as soon as prices came out, uh, the discussion, in the Discord started up, and this guy was like, oh man, everyone's like, oh, he's cheap. And he is cheap, and he is in the right matchup. Um, we might be talking about different guys. Oh, okay. Right, um, this was a personal favorite of yours. That's the only reason why I thought it was him. But I feel like everybody keeps looking at DJ Moore, expecting last <laughs> okay. year's DJ Moore.
1: Okay, okay, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought you were the way you prefaced it. I thought you were going Odell Beckham, but uh, yeah, oh no.
3: Right. no, no, no. But um, what? Like, I, I get it. But I don't I just uh I don't know. I haven't seen enough from DJ Moore this year, even though he had one huge game. But like I I worry that we are looking thinking we're getting last year's DJ Moore and we're getting this year's DJ Moore.
1: So last week I just think it was a weird week. I think they got up on the Chargers and didn't have to throw. He had one deep ball that he caught. He only had four targets, but it was just a weird game where a the Chargers' pass defense is good, and B they got up in that game and you know tried to you know kind of melt the clock and, and win the game. Uh, I think this week is different. I mean, playing against Arizona, Arizona's gonna score. Arizona's gonna run a ton of plays, so Carolina's gonna have to play. I mean, he had he had 22 targets the two weeks before that. Grant the first week wasn't big, but he still had nine targets last week. I just I can't I just don't think he, I think he's too cheap on draftings more than anything. He's 5600. I just think he's way too cheap. Arizona got beat by Terry McLaurin in week two, kind of a you know a seven for 125 in a touchdown game. I just think with volume of plays up this week, that Caroline's going to have to score. Um, I want a piece of this game on the other side. It, it for me, it's I, I just think he's too talented at fifty six hundred. I think that uh, he's a prime play for me this week, and no one will be
3: surprised by that. Is Patrick Peterson possibly shadowing him? worry you at all?
1: Not really. I think they'll move. I think they'll move him around enough, and I think it's enough kind of short, quick passing game kind of stuff that mm-hmm. they'll figure it out. I think that. Uh, I just think he's I think he's too cheap. I think at fifty six hundred, I think I think it's too easy for me to, to slot him in. Right. Okay, that's fair. Uh, but Odell Beckham, who I thought you were going to go with uh, when, when you said kind of priced uh, priced a little cheaper than normal, he's fifty eight hundred on DraftKings, sixty six hundred on FanDuel at Dallas. This game we've talked about a little bit, where you know the Dallas defense is is not good. Um, you know DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett each had hundred yards and, touch, and, and four touchdowns combined last week. Uh, Calvin Ridley had two touchdowns, one hundred nine yards the week before. I know Cleveland wants to run the ball, and we talked about that as a, a negative with Mayfield. But you know, in a game where they're going to have to pass, they're going to have to score some. Are you willing to to go back to OBJ at all this week? No. Why not?
3: No. Um, I
1: he's yeah, he's so frustrating. I know.
3: Yeah, I mean, we kind of beat this point home every week. Like I focus on cash games, and cash games generally are not the place where you're like. I'm expecting this guy to do something completely differently than he's been doing the past X number of weeks. And that's like the easy way of saying like, I need to see Beckham have a good game before I think he can have another one. And
1: and do we think he's the guy that we have in our minds of like, Oh my gosh, look at all these big splash plays. Um, Cause he hasn't been in Cleveland.
3: Right. Right. I mean, somehow he went from Eli Manning to Baker Mayfield and got worse. Um.
1: Yeah, I mean, and even, even that game against Cincinnati where he had, the, he had the long touchdown that I still think he was down on the one, but um, <laughs> s- six targets each of the last two weeks. I know that <clears throat> this is a different game script, and I really want to get on board this week with Beckham, but um, I just like Parker and, and DJ Moore more, and they're in the same range, and unless I play three guys in that range, which I probably won't do, uh, it's hard for me to, to, to get to Beckham. And I, I feel like he's got to have a big week at some point, but he's on what, he's still, he's still a young guy. I mean, like we're talking about someone that's, that's kind of old and not athletic anymore, but I don't know. It's just not, you don't get those flashes like you did in New York where you're like one big play and he's just gone.
3: And without those big plays, why would you pay $700 more than Jarvis Landry? Like yeah, if you yeah. like the Cleveland passing game, why don't you just take the guy who doesn't have to rely on those big plays?
1: Yeah, that's that's a that's a good point. I mean, I, Landry hasn't looked great either. No. You're right. If you're gonna go, you know, possession and and getting a piece of this offense, you know, maybe get cheaper. But I don't know. I wanted to like Beckham this week so much, and I haven't I haven't quite got there.
3: Yeah, I think he will be more popular than he should be, only because there are people who are going to be stacking Dallas, and then he's the yeah. obvious run back on that. So
1: and you just scroll down, and you're like, oh, who's under six thousand? You're like, oh my gosh, Odell Beckham, and yeah. you just kind of click on it. And I. uh, I don't know if I'm doing that, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling one click further and going Devonte Parker for
3: $100 less. Right. Yep. I think that's what a lot of people will do.
1: What about uh, in that same game? CD lamb is 5,400. Um, obviously we talked about earlier Cedric Wilson kind of killed it in the slot. It was like his action and lamb got yeah. a little banged up and all of a sudden, you know, you could kind of see that play being drawn up for lamb and it would have work the same. It just didn't kind of frustrating, but he still has five catches, five catches plus every week. The um, Dallas probably going to, you know, hopefully uh, you're going to pass less this week if, if it works out for them the way they want it to with a, a lead against Cleveland. Uh, do you like Lamb this week at 5,400?
3: I think he makes sense. Like, I don't think he's all that different than like Robbie Anderson. Like, I think if you like that Carolina offense, like if you think Patrick Peterson shadows DJ Moore and um, is successful, yeah. <laughs> then Robbie Anderson makes a ton of sense, though they could have him, I like
1: I like Anderson more than Lamb this week too. Yeah,
3: they could also have... Patterson uh, excuse me Peterson shadow Anderson um, which would be perfect for you so
1: yeah it would Anderson he had a hundred over 100 yards his first two weeks and still solid last week he was quiet but 555 you know it's, it's still pretty involved in the passing offense and like we said with with DJ Moore, there's going to be a lot of plays, a lot of action in this game. I, I I wouldn't argue hard if you wanted to go Anderson instead of Moore. I like more more. I like more more. That sounds great. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, but I, I wouldn't argue against Robbie Anderson this week at all. I think he's a, a really nice play in this range too.
3: Yeah, no, totally agree. Um,
1: um Justin Jefferson, 5200 in a game that uh, against Houston that should go back and forth. He was huge last week. Nine targets, seven for 175. They moved him from the slot to the outside, and it kind of really opened up the game for him. Uh the price bumped pretty way up though. He's at 5200 this week. So he's not cheap anymore. Uh, are you going back to that well this week?
3: I think the benefit is that if you're playing a Texan stack, he obviously makes uh, a lot more sense salary-wise than paying 66 for Thielen. So uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I I doubt I play him in cash, but yeah, he definitely makes sense in GPPs for that runback.
1: So you you mentioned this uh, as a run back, but uh, you know if you're going to run back, you're going to need someone with Deshaun Watson that's going to catch passes. Will Fuller is fifty nine hundred. He was limited in practice Thursday, and we see that with Will Fuller. You obviously get big red flags. He's a guy that uh, you know seems to sit with uh, with kind of you know tweaks and hand, he's a hamstring for him, and he's a fast receiver. That's tough. But if he does play, I mean, he played a lot last week. He didn't. He only had five targets. But the Minnesota secondary is clearly not very good. Khalif Raymond had 118 yards against him last week. Devontae, Devontae Adams obviously killed them in week one. Uh, 5,900 for Will Fuller. I like other guys in the range more, but, uh, he's under 6,000 in, in a game that should go high on offense. He's clearly their wide receiver one with a good quarterback. Uh, it kind of makes sense if you kind of add up the, the, the typical formula.
3: You're right. Um, that being said, uh, in the same,
1: he, he has a hamstring tweak. Yeah.
3: Well, that too, but like in the same breath of, uh, Thielen down to Jefferson, uh, if you don't want to play Fuller at 5,900, which is actually pretty, uh, cheap, Brandon Cooks is 4,500 and theoretically could get some more targets if Fuller is uh hampered at all. So I don't know.
1: I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to go down to Randall Cobb on me there.
3: Oh gosh. Um,
1: he had a good, good game. Watching. He had a great
3: game. Yeah. Um,
1: but I, I think Cooks is the guy I think, I think Cooks is cheaper than Cobb this week. I think Cobb uh, is 4,800. He, he is. And is and yeah. Is and 4, yeah targets, that's,
3: so I don't know. It's I,
1: a really good point. And I had Cooks as someone that you know, if fuller doesn't play um, cooks of 49 er becomes pretty, uh, pretty enticing pretty quickly. He's, he's, he's way down in, in salary. He only had three catches last week, but he's still, I mean, he has 18 targets for the first three weeks. So still pretty involved. And like we said, we mentioned multiple times with Houston, the matchup has been so tough that, you know, I think this is finally the week that they, they really get going.
3: Yeah. Obviously the easiest thing to do with Houston passing game. Like if you don't want to decide on any of them, then you just play Watson.
1: Yeah. I think that's a, that's a good point too. They could spread it around. You could run for a couple and then all of a sudden you're fine there. Right. Uh, in the really cheap range, usually I like a lot of receivers down here. I don't this week. It's not a week where uh, I found a lot of guys in here that, that I liked, but a few guys in the 4,500 to 4,000 range. Um, I think if you don't like uh, Devontae Parker, I think Preston Wilson at 4,500 is a pretty interesting play. The Seattle DBs have been getting thrashed. We don't need to go those numbers again, but great game script. Uh, only two targets last week, but he did score. But he's a guy that's really talented. Um, I would have no problem uh, if you want to drop him the line, but 4,500.
3: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I believe he's in a air yards all-star.
1: Yeah, he very much is and yeah, a really talented dude. Um, T Higgins uh, Cincinnati against Jacksonville. We mentioned the, the kind of the AJ green, maybe going away from him a little bit. Uh, Higgins had nine targets last week and scored twice, had six targets the week before. So getting very much, uh, very much involved in the offense over the last couple of weeks. Uh, he had 15 snaps in week one and then 60 and 57 the last couple of weeks. So it's been a clear, clear indication that they're, they're, they're going with either three wide receiver sets or Higgins instead of green sometimes. Um, 4500 for Higgins, too. It uh, seems like, a, seems like a, a, a pretty good shot at GPP.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you have Burrow, you may as well have yeah, Higgins in there, too.
1: Exactly. Uh, Nikhil Harry's uh, an interesting guy. We liked him a little, or I liked him a little bit last week, and they were they just didn't throw the ball. He was quiet last week, only four targets. But, you know, in the week they had to throw the ball a lot. We mentioned that the big week for Cam was against Seattle. He had twelve targets, eight for eight for seventy two. He's four thousand on DraftKings. Uh, I like that price. I think I just I think I like Preston Williams and T against a little bit more this week.
3: Though. Yeah, that's that's exactly. I think we're gonna say that pretty much every week about Nikhil Harry though. Like, yeah, I think there's like just you always, always gonna be guys.
1: Yeah, if you're gonna be down here, you want someone with some some explosiveness, and uh, just I'm not sure he's that guy. He's he's kind of more of a floor PPR guy, but it's hard to count on that. We just don't fully know how the New England game script's gonna go each way. It's so dependent on what they need to do.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I think the the lack of like really cheap wide receivers that you may be able to get away with. I mean, there are, <laughs> there are guys that you can play, but like nobody really jumps out like we had uh, Hamler obviously last week, which didn't like blow up, but he did enough for. think it was only 3,000 on DraftKings, but this lack of, it's kind of like we have enough guys in that middle range and there's nobody down below that, um, nobody's like, nobody's going to be forced to play uh, the lower guys there. So it makes those kind of cheaper running backs a little more important because you need to save the money somewhere.
1: Yeah, for me, it's very much a, how you build your team this week. With that, the only other guy I'll mention down here, if something were to happen and Preston Williams were to not play, um, Isaiah Ford cool, from yeah. Miami is uh, he had nine targets in Week Two against Buffalo, but strictly a matchup, game flow kind of thing. Like we mentioned, Seattle's been giving up a lot of that, a lot of yards to that third receiver in addition to the top two. Um, he, I think I need, I think I need Parker or Williams, like something to happen to them in practice to play him. But he's an interesting guy that if, if it did open up a little bit, I think at 3,700 DraftKings, he becomes a play pretty quickly. If, if, if Williams does not play.
3: Yeah, that's a good shot.
1: Uh, tight ends this week, uh, you know, kind of similar to, uh, to the other spots. We have so many of the guys that are, that are, that are playing this week. We don't have George Kittle on the slate, but Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller and Mark Anders are on this slate. Uh, Anybody? Uh, where are you going to tight end this week? I, I found it kind of tougher than normal this week. I was uh, I was at nobody over five thousand, but obviously I could see Anders or Kelsey if you want to do it. But you know, Belichick really takes away Kelsey six catches in each game so far, but he has sixty six or fewer yards his last five games against the Patriots. Uh, not a week that I'm paying up personally for Kelsey.
3: Yeah, I agree on that. The I usually don't pay for tight end ever. Yeah. Um, I've been doing it this season, which was terrible last week with um, Drew Sample, who I took over uh, Logan Thomas. I think Thomas is going to be popular again. I know he's way down salary wise, but I think he'll yeah. be popular again this week, even in that matchup against the, Ra- the uh, Ravens. But Darren Waller really sticks out. Like they have no receivers. Um, and while theoretically that shouldn't be a great thing, I mean, the Buffalo defense is pretty good, but I'm just not sure who else Derek Carr is throwing to. And he, they may have to throw in that game to keep up with the, I keep what I'm saying. This the high powered Josh Allen offense <laughs> that I think if you're paying up, I think Waller is definitely the guy this week.
1: And he's not even that high. He's 5,200. Yeah. I mean, he's way down from Andrews and way, way down from Kelsey. And obviously it was quiet last week. But we talked about before, you know, Bill Belichick clearly planned to take him away in that game after the big money, night game against new Orleans, um, yeah, I like Waller a lot too, 5,200. Uh, Mike Gusecki had a big game against Buffalo week two, although that was with no Tremaine Edmonds. But, um, I think Waller just strictly from a volume standpoint a game, like you mentioned, that probably gonna have to throw, um, if you're going to pay up, uh, over 5,000, he's clearly the guy for me.
3: Yeah. Like I always look at him Mike. as like a, like if he was a wide receiver and had these yeah. stats, like, would we play him? And the answer is like, of yes, we would. And like, he's in that same range as like, um, Jefferson and lamb and Robbie Anderson, kind of those guys, but I'd
1: I'd play him over Jefferson lamb for sure. Right.
3: And so, yeah. um, it just, I mean, again, it, I know some people just because we, it's almost a little easier to get like the breakout 3,500 tight ends because they catch three passes. And one of them has to I mean, happens to be a touchdown, but like, um, that Waller price and the game, I mean, they're at home anyway. So it's, uh, that's kind of an attractive one for me.
1: 500 less than Tyler Higbee is absurd. <laughs> absurd. He's six, he's $700 more on FanDuel. He's $500 less. I guess they're really playing that three touchdown game that's a, the Tyler Higbee game that we liked, but um yeah, Waller for 5200 is good. I, the, the other guy I do like and I wish he wasn't so close to Waller in price is TJ Hawkinson. He's yeah. 4800 on DraftKings. He's been really solid. I yeah, mean, I know been. that uh, He's over 50 yards each game, which for a tight end, you know, that's a really nice floor. Seven targets last week, which I really like to see because Kenny Galladay was back. You wondered how the target share was going to move, move around there. And it seems like, um, you know, he might be second and Marvin Jones might be third right now in this offense for Matthew Stafford. Uh, Green Bay tight ends had two touchdowns on New Orleans last week. Darren Waller had that big game we mentioned before. That was against New Orleans, too. So they've had trouble stopping the tight end. Um, I wish he wasn't only $400 cheaper than, than Waller. Cause I, it, I find it hard to go Hawkinson over him, but he's someone this week, uh, of the guys above 4,000, um, you know, aside from Waller, he was my favorite player this week.
3: Yeah. And there, I mean, there are good players in that group, Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry. So like, it's not like, you should
1: call Evan Ingram a good player.
3: Um, he used to be a good player.
1: I know yeah. it's frustrating. He's so athletic and you would think in this offense, yeah. with was Shepard out. He would be the guy, but it just, I don't know, Daniel Jones I watched that game obviously because I played the Niners. Daniel Jones looked terrible in that game.
3: Yeah, it's a nice bout of unity for the New York teams to have like very good tight ends who catch passes and never use them as they continue to spiral to the number one pick. But
1: yeah, that uh, that that Chris Hernan sleeper play is not especially paying off so far.
3: He's going to be the one uh, week twelve. I told you so. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, Hunter Henry, you mentioned is is interesting too. I mean, another guy that a good floor, five catches in each of the first three games. Only him and Travis Kelsey had done that in the tight end position eight eight and seven targets. I think if you're as a floor guy, it's hard to it's hard to not like him in a PPR situation of 4600. I, I just like Hawkinson more this week.
3: Yeah, I get that.
1: Under four thousand, real quick. There's a couple guys here like you mentioned, Logan Thomas, thirty five hundred. Um, I just it, Dwayne Haskins, like uh, Pro Football Focus has fifty percent of of Thomas's uh, catches even deemed catchable. Fifty percent of his targets, Tarleton. sorry, which is just a horrible percentage. I mean, for, especially for a tight end where it's not like you're you throwing seventy yard bombs down right. the field, you know, hard to connect. We're talking about a guy that you should be fairly short catchable passes, but he still has. I'm doing the math here: twenty four targets in each of the, in the first three weeks, and you know, at least seven in all those games. So really consistent targets. They should have to throw the ball the whole second half in this game. You know, they're they're big underdogs. Um, I don't know, thirty five hundred. You got to think at some point if you get that many targets, is a guy that I'm going to go back to. I
3: think he's going to be by far the most popular cheap tight end.
1: You think Jimmy Graham is second under this range? I mean, 3,800 coming off a two-touchdown week with nine targets, seven targets after Nick Foles came in. He has nine red zone targets on the year. I think Graham is so TD dependent that it's hard to play. But I don't know. If you're going to get that many targets, and Foles obviously look to him, I I can see people playing him too at
3: 3,800. I hope they
1: do. That's about how I feel about it. I would definitely rather have Logan Thomas.
3: What about Gronk?
1: That's my last guy to mention here. Like after doing nothing, he had seven targets last week, six for forty-eight. No Chris Godwin this week. He's at down to thirty-six hundred on DraftKings. Uh, the first uh, first time all year where I, I wouldn't roll my eyes if you wanted to play Gronk.
3: Yeah, that's a, that's how I felt. Like I don't really want to play him, but for how little that are th- that Brady's throwing to Evans and no Godwin, um, I don't know. Do you think do you fear that they're going to need him on the line though against that Chargers pass rush?
1: Yeah, that that could definitely be a problem. They're going to want to protect Brady. But I don't know. I mean, it it seemed like he finally, maybe he wasn't in football shape and didn't know the offense. But it seemed like last week was the first time that, uh, you know, signing Gronk actually made a little bit of sense. Because it it was weirdly like, like, is he going to retire again? Like, they're not even using him. And all of a sudden, seven targets. You wonder if maybe there's a little bit of squeaky wheel there in practice. And, you know, Brady wants to get him involved. But, uh, you know, I I think in a red zone, he's going to start to be a guy that they're going to look towards. Yeah.
3: Yeah. All right. So.
1: Uh, defense this week, uh, anybody, uh, you're always the cheap defense guys. So I'm gonna go to you first. Any like cheap defenses you like this week? Um,
3: not really. Um, I have,
1: I have one, but that I they're like under 3000, but it was a tough week for them.
3: Yeah. I, I looked at the Texans a little bit. Um, Minnesota doesn't like, it's tough because like their offense isn't that good, but that doesn't necessarily mean that are a good team to target in terms of like turnovers, yeah, especially um, if they hand it to Dalvin Cook a lot. Right, right. Uh, I considered uh, Carolina after how bad Kyler was last week, at least in terms of turnovers, yeah, but they're terrible. Too.
1: Like He was throwing the ball into coverage. It was bad.
3: Yeah. Um, they are so terrible. I always look at quarterbacks mostly, and it was like, oh, maybe I'll play the Raiders against Josh Allen. And I'm like, wait, no, no, no. Josh Allen's good these days, so I can't, I can't do that. Um, Cincinnati's not bad against that's, Jacksonville.
1: That's that's my one under three thousand yeah. that I had bolded. I think it's uh, they had three sacks last week and two interceptions, and Jackson was giving up ten sacks the last three weeks, multiple turnovers the last two weeks. So they're a team that uh, you know Minshew tends to kind of force stuff a little bit, try and make stuff happen. They're the team that if you're new under three thousand, I think they were they're twenty nine hundred on DraftKings, thirty four hundred on Fandle. They were uh, they're really cheap on Fandle. Thirty four hundred is a lot when you consider the the top ones are like five thousand. Yeah. Um, if I'm gonna go cheap, uh, it was pretty clear to me that I think Cincinnati's the best play of the cheap ones.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'll take that.
1: And then of the expensive ones, I mean, I love the Rams this week. I mean, they had four sacks last week against Buffalo, and the, the Giants have allowed multiple sacks each week, multiple turnovers each week. Uh, they're 3,900 on DraftKings, 4,800 on FanDuel. Uh, I also like the Ravens a lot. They did not play well against Kansas City. They're going to probably come in pissed off. Uh, Washington's allowed three or more sacks in every in every game so far, and they had five turnovers last week. So if you're going to go expensive, uh, Baltimore and the Rams, but cheap for me was Cincinnati.
3: Yeah, even like slightly – like. They're not necessarily that cheap, but like I think you're perfectly fine with Seattle at 3,400 on DraftKings. Like Fitzpatrick, as much as we were talking how much they have to throw and all that, like he can easily throw two or three pick sixes, even. For um, sure. And I was surprised to see the Bears were cheaper than the Colts. Um, obvious, or well, I don't know if it's obvious yeah. that
1: the Colts coming off that Jets game probably boost their price a little. It, bit. it
3: has to a little bit. Um, but like with obviously Foles is there now and. I don't know the chicago defense against philip rivers doesn't sound so bad to me
1: yeah i think that that works too i think in that range tampa bay is interesting too against the chargers um you know herbert's looked good but has turned it over they turned it over four times last week uh, tampa has 11 sacks the last couple of weeks so they're gonna have quarterback pretty well and you know if you're gonna get a gonna get the formula going you know uh pressuring a young quarterback is usually a pretty good way to get some big plays on defense. Sure. Yeah, yeah good call Um, yeah. So if I'm going down, it's, it's probably Tampa 3,400, but then way down to be Cincy. And then if I'm going up, uh, I think Baltimore, the Rams are both really good plays this week. If you have a little bit of extra cap, which is, uh, always hard to find as you're filling out your roster. You always want to go down on that defense when you're trying to, you know, fit someone in, but, uh, if you do have a little bit of extra money, you play Ryan Fitzpatrick this week, uh, Rams of Baltimore. I I do like there. Yeah. Anybody else that you want to talk about? I think we kind of hit it all in a a very busy and a points filled slate.
3: Yeah. It's, uh, you know, we're used to almost like ignoring games and it's like tough to do it with so many high totals this week.
1: Yeah. And we're used to like really heavily targeting one or two games that, that gets harder this week too. I think it's going to be really fun. I think, uh, I think percentages this week are going to be the most fun they've been so far this season. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. We always appreciate that. If you have any questions or anything you want to hit us up on Twitter, uh, Andrew is at Roto-Wire Andrew. I am at Scott Jenstead. Other than that, if you could please rate or view the podcast, we'd also appreciate that. Other than that, hope everybody has a fantastic week four. We'll be back at you next week with another uh, coverage of the week five slate. So take care and have a great weekend.